and welcome to Romance Read Along. Today we will be discussing Hooked on You by Hannah Reed. A 3.9 on Goodreads. Uh, it's the second in her Scottish Highland series. Just over seven hours in the audiobook. And here with me today is my mom. Say hello, mom. Hi, everyone. So how's your week been? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. But I want to clarify something. It's hooked on you. E-W-E. As in the sheep. Right. Not Y-O-U. I think that's a very important clarification. <laughs> it's best to be precise about these sort of things. Yes. And and you said, what was it, seven hours of audio? Seven hours of audio book. Do you remember how many pages it was? Uh, 524, five days of grueling torture. Yes, I remember. Five, five days of grueling torture. I doubt that's how she describes her book. Yes, well, it wasn't one of my favorites, as you could tell. Yeah, it was a bit um, of a slog, I'll say that much. Yes, yes. So I guess we're we're jumping right in there. Well, you tell me. This is your gig. I'm just... <laughs> The ride. <laughs> All right. So it seems like the people on Goodreads agree with you that this was not this was not anybody's favorite book. I'm looking to see the exact page count. Three hundred and four pages. Oh well not in my um I guess I guess that's because I read it on my phone. Uh not phone pages. So yeah, it's probably just because it was on my phone. Especially depending on the app you read. Some of them reformat the pages so they don't match the actual page count of the book. And it, it took me five days only because it was such a slow read. I couldn't bear it. I just couldn't bear it for more than, you know, like a half an hour at a time. Well, Hooked on You was a cozy mystery, which generally is not our genre of choice. You definitely shouldn't read this book if you're looking for action and adventure, because you're not going to find it. And any kind of character depth. I mean, there was just none. I have no idea what these people even look like. Is it plot relevant? You, you know what? Some of it was, I thought, because, you know, there was supposed it was supposed to be a romance. And I never really did see a romance evolve. She couldn't seem to make up her mind, you know, between two very different people. And it never got off the ground. It was very disappointing. I don't think it was supposed to be a romance, though. It was a cozy mystery. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be a mystery. Although I have to admit the, the mystery was pretty lackluster as well. Exactly. So I was looking for something. If it couldn't be a good mystery, at least let it be a good romance. But it, it was neither. It was neither. And I kept feeling like I came in on the middle of things. And according to you, this is book two. And I didn't even know that because she never referenced, you know, a storyline from book one, which a good author will always recreate, you know, a, a scene or something from the first book to t to tie it in but she she didn't do any of that so i was kind of lost at a couple of scenes where she was like 
obviously, well, it wasn't obvious to me because she never mentioned book one, you know, situation. Find that? I don't know if I found that to be true because I knew it was book two, right? So I kind of expected there to be some stuff that I didn't know right off the bat. But that's my point. But she did keep saying, like, how she met Vicky on the plane and how her friend Amy bought her the ticket and how she wound up being a Scottish, I mean, how she wound up being a American in Scotland. Yes, she did that, but that was to set her there for book two. She didn't say that something had happened in book one like a murder and a dead body was in in book one i didn't know that she just kept saying you know the inspector you know was used to me you know being in trouble yeah but that's kind of like showing up to an episode of murder she wrote and not knowing that angela lansbury has previously discovered a dead body right she discovers a dead body in every episode. Eden discovers a dead body in every book. Okay, but you know what? She should have referenced the murder from book one. Just because not everybody starts at book one. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, that's, the I think, the hallmark of a good writer who can tie the stories all together. And it, it it's a continuation, even if you haven't read book one. You might not know all the details and that's okay because it's not relevant to book two, but I didn't even know there was a book one. It was just like I was in the middle of this story, that it just started right in the middle. I think a lot of people would disagree with you because when you read a series, they expect you to read all of them. And if you're going to start, if you were a person who started at book one, and you arrived at book two to find all this hand-holding for people who hadn't bothered to read the first book, you were going to be annoyed. Maybe. I guess you, you. it's a good point, but at least a little reference here or there. A little more is basically generally my critique of this whole book. There could have been a little more of anything. And, and everything. And everything. Uh, well, except for <laughs> the biscuits and the, the food, really, I could have done without, you know, all the shortbread. I really didn't need to know that she loved shortbread. They did talk about baked goods and tea a lot. And yarn. I have to admit, you know, with our upcoming trip to Scotland being scheduled, I did not anticipate the amount of yarn and shortbread and tea that is likely to be in our future. Despite the fact that I knew that, you know, Scotland has lots of sheep and shortbread comes from Scotland and that they drink a lot of tea in that part of the world. Based on this book, we're going to be doing nothing but eating shortbread and drinking tea basically eight times a day. Hold on a second. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be drinking something other than tea. (laughs) Well, not all of us can handle our whiskey. Some of us are just happy to know that they have some 
they, that's correct. That they have a beverage for those of us who can't uh, who can't stand a wee dram. <laughs> a wee dram, yes. Uh-huh. I have to admit, I am a little nervous about um, the food going to be offered to us in Scotland. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm only eating haggis once. Never eating haggis. Ever. Cannot. Will not. Unless it's disguised and I don't know it. I feel like we have some nice restaurants on our trip. And if we eat haggis at a fancy enough restaurant, it will be practically unrecognizable and therefore relatively safe. Innards are innards, and I don't know that I want to do that. Listen, I've eaten plenty of a hot dog in my day, right? I feel like a well-made haggis is just Scottish hot dog. Well, I have to get Gordon Ramsay's opinion on this before I before I do <laughs> Well, he is Scottish. I know. If he gives the thumbs up, then okay, I'll, I'll okay try to do it. Oh my goodness! Did you see that clip of what Paul Hollywood thinks a s'more is? No. It was so upsetting. The internet was so upset. It was so in England they call graham crackers digestive biscuits. Biscuit. I knew you were going to say biscuit. Well, you, you know what they talk about in England. Let me see if I can find the picture so that I can send it to you so that you can be as upset as all of the internet. What? So he thought it was a biscuit? No, I guess they came out with a new season of the Great British Baking Show and they made them make s'mores and they made them make very upsetting s'mores. Why? Because um, he said how they shouldn't be Basically, ooey and gooey. That's the point, right? Instead of like, or too crisp, it, it's really, it's ridiculous. It's, they look like, they look a little like ice cream sandwiches, if I'm honest. Oh my God. They're huge? It's hard to tell the size. Here, I'm sending you a link. I don't want to move away from. It's okay. I've been funneling back and forth and it hasn't seemed to. Affect me. Okay, hang on. Let me check this out. See. Well, that's not too bad, that picture. That looks like, uh, well, it does. It does. It looks like a Carvel ice cream sandwich. Exactly. Exactly. So precise and tidy. A thin sandwich layer of chocolate and a compact Italian meringue. Right. Oh, come on. Well, that's but an elevated s'more. <laughs> that is not an elevated s'more. That is not a s'more. Hold on, hold on. You can't you cannot have a s'more with a wholemeal flour and wheat germ crust. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that is just wrong. I'm sorry, nothing called a digestive biscuit is going to taste good. I bet that meringue tastes good though, but it doesn't taste like a marshmallow. Probably not. Yeah, it's meringue is much uh, softer, less chewy. Mm. Yeah, he needs to lighten up a bit. I heard they're going to stop doing International Food Week 
because their their international food weeks wind up so misguided and vaguely racist. Really? Yeah. I'm so full of themselves. They they are Definitely. they are very full of themselves. But I I don't think it's like intentional racism. I think it's more like I have never met an actual Mexican person. So this is what Mexican food is like. Oh my gosh, he's just so British. They they are. But like in the weirdest way. I mean, or maybe not. What do I know of actual British people? I guess we'll find out. Exactly. exactly. And but, but brief oh well, I guess there's probably a lot of Brits in Scotland. Maybe. Maybe there's some, we're going to be flying into uh, Heathrow. Heathrow is in London. I know. Well, I'm, I'm trying to change that. Yes, yes. I think we should talk about books. <laughs> I mean, there's not really much book to talk about. I will ask you this question again, to just to, to prove my point. Okay. What does Eden Elliott look like? And I will say it again. She's tall, question mark? Exactly. That's it. I don't think it's relevant to the story, though. relevant because you got to picture her. I don't ever picture any of the characters unless it's plot relevant. Everyone has a look. At least a sense of a look. Uncle Joe did the same thing to me. I'm sorry, I don't cast the characters in the books like they're in movies, right? Unless there's, unless they have some physical feature that plays into the plot, like they're particular, like they're sad because they only have one eye and so they have to get retired. I'm not really aware of what they look like. Okay, so... Maybe that's because you're not neurotypical, but for us neurotypicals, it's very important to the storyline to picture the character because Isla, even though they never said what she looked like, was, what was her name on Little House on the Prairie? Nellie. Oh, Harriet. Yes. What was their last name? What was their last name? Olsen. 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 Harriet Olsen. That's who Isla was, and her husband was Nell. But that's only because that was her personality. I know, but I couldn't I that I couldn't picture her, so that's what my brain did. But doesn't that work better matching them up based on their personality? Well, I had no choice because I had no other frame of reference. So they did describe Isla though. Dark hair. And and kind of dumpy and middle-aged. Well, there you go. There's Harriet Olsen. You know. Honestly, I I think... I don't know what Oliver looked like. The inspector, I thought he was in his 50s. And Lisa, I don't know what he looked like other than he was tall and had blue eyes. Well, the inspector had gray hair. Shortish gray hair. 50s, yeah, great, grayish. Was he in his 50s or was he in his early 60s? I I think 50s, but I don't know. Well, if he was in his 50s, that makes Eden 
younger than I thought she was. That's what I was going to say. I don't know how old Eden is. Eden is 20 years younger than the inspector. 20, so she's in her 30s. Yeah, I did get the sense that she was in, in her okay. 30s. That, that may or may not be true. Also, it can be a, what do they call that? A consistency issue where they somebody didn't do the math? Maybe. But also, I read book three, and they definitely give you more of a description of the inspector's age and general situation in book three. And you know what I really hated? What? She told the story. First person. You didn't care for the first person style of it. It's such a bad job. <laughs> it's such a bad job. And stop petting that damn cat. <laughs> what relevant? I'll what relevance to the story was petting Jasper? I just, at every turn. We, Eden was a likable person. Even pets who didn't like people liked her. But I didn't, I did not find her very likable. I didn't like her. Did you dislike her? She was annoying. The only person I actually disliked was Kirsten. Yeah, I disliked Kirsten. I was sort of hoping that she got murdered in the next book. But yeah. she apologizes so she doesn't get murdered. Oh, she can't get murdered. And, and then her husband, John, like yes. mentioned, mentioned like for three seconds. That's it. Well, she says he doesn't say much. So. And you know, I have another pet peeve. Might surprise you. Three months in Scotland, two murders. And <laughs> really, I would not want to be friends with this person. Yeah, well, it, and it's a very small town. Uh, again, this is the murder she wrote, pet peeve, right? Like people, people always say, if you think about murder she wrote for even half a second, uh, Jessica Fletcher has to be a serial killer, right? Because everywhere she goes, people are dropping dead. Exactly. Don't hang out with Jessica. <laughs> you know, Cabot Cove has what, 400 people and like 10 of them die. Or are murderers. Yeah, so don't hang out with Jessica. It's true. <laughs> it's not like she's a cop or something where, you know, her occupation would uh, <laughs> require dead people to be there. But, uh, yeah, this Eden, um, yeah, I wouldn't be friends with her. How did she and Vicky become friends since I didn't read book one? They mention it in book two because I didn't read book one either. They meet at the airport. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought maybe I misunderstood. So you meet somebody at the airport and you invite them to your house to stay with you for six months? That's likely to happen? Well, I, I think she was already going there to begin with. And so... I think they were already going in the same, going to the same place. You think? I think so. And she um, convinces her to redo a cottage. You just met this person, really? <laughs> and you're uh, a, a uh, what do you call it? A uh, provisional constable? Three months? I don't think so. Very, very not believable. Well, maybe they're just more friendly in fictional Scotland than they are in the real United States. Well, maybe so, but I don't think Scotland is known for its friendliness. That's why everybody's so stoic. 
<laughs> and nobody's chatty except Vicky, who grew up in London and California. Right. I don't know. Not a good read. I will admit it was not a page turner. No. Miss Watch find another occupation. But after getting to the end of the book, I did want, like, it did leave me wanting to read more. Like, I wanted to know what happened. Mostly because I felt like nothing happened. Well, like I told you, the last half hour of the book for me was good. It was decent. And again, not believable. She stabs him in the leg and he just sits there. Well, it depends on where she stabs him in the leg. Wasn't like he bled out. Nobody could have come close. I guess. They never mention it, though. Well, it's a cozy mystery. They don't want to get too graphic. (laughs) Well, boo-hoo on the cozy mystery. A cozy mystery is supposed to be like an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. Right? Something your grandma can watch while drinking tea and knitting you mittens. Okay. I need a little bit more intrigue, I guess. And violence, apparently. You want more graphic violence. Well, I'm so used to, you know, law and order and, what, the first 48. Oh, yeah. The first 48, this isn't. No. You know, so you need the details. And it was a slow start because they had to make you hate Isla before they killed her. Yeah. I have to admit, there's like, there's some places where I agree with you, right? Kelly Leith's sheepdog. Kelly's a dog, yes. Let's right. Go. Kelly the dog had more personality than Leith's actual daughter. Yes. We never met the daughter. We never meet the daughter. But that makes sense, right? Because he doesn't want to introduce her to Eden because yeah. he doesn't want the ladies coming and going from her life. And you know what? Of all the characters, I liked him and the inspector, I guess, the best. Yeah, the I like the inspector the best. Kind of reminded me of Columbo a little. The inspector? Yeah. I know. Columbo is way more friendly than the inspector. Well, I had to put a face, so that's what I got. Plus, I feel like the inspector would have been way more tidy than Columbo. Well, they, she didn't really say. She says in the next book. No. Sean was tidy. Was he? Was he, though? I think. Pee Wee Herman. I don't know. I don't know what I thought who I did, thought he was. Did Sean have red hair or did I just make that up? I think you might have made that up. Wasn't it Leith who had reddish blonde hair? I don't know. He had blue eyes though, didn't he? That, that I know. That I know. And he was tall, I think. Maybe. Exactly. And he wore a kilt once. Once. Yes. Once? Did he? Once. I don't remember that. That was in the pub. For the... Memorial service. Right, the quasi-wait. Right, right. Yeah. I'm trying not to include spoilers from book three. Yeah, don't... And... No, I mean, how could you really, but... Well, I mean, not for you, but for anybody who might, even after this horrible recording, decide that they want to read book three. No! To anybody who did enjoy books one and two. I don't think that this was a bad book. I think this was not the kind of book we generally read. And thus, our expectations for the book might have been different than the genre 
in which this book resides, right? Okay. Yeah. If you're a fan of Mary Higgins Clark, I think you might like this book. I this book is Mary. about an author who goes on a fantasy trip to Scotland and takes up residence in a cozy little town and does all the cozy little things that this cozy little town has to offer. And then, oops, there's a bloodless murder of an unpleasant woman. And now she has a mystery she has to solve well, while she waits for her publisher to get back to her about her latest manuscript. The corpse literally fell on her feet. But can't you see that happening to Jessica Fletcher in Murder, She Wrote? Yes, yes. And, you know, I was never a big Murder, She Wrote fan for all the same reasons. Jessica annoyed me. I, I love Angela Lansbury, but Jessica, the character, annoyed me after a while. Smarter than everybody else and non-pulsed by murder that all around her. She was like, oh, I'm traumatized. It did. She said it, but I didn't feel it. Right. Because she wasn't. Right, exactly. I didn't feel like she had any emotion at all. That's what it was. This was an emotionless book. The most emotion that the main character expressed was excitement over getting issued the pepper spray. You're right. You are absolutely right. And I could not understand why she was so excited about that. That's because in America, any five-year-old could carry a switchblade. But in Scotland, you need a special permit to carry pepper spray. Yeah. I, I, they don't have guns. They don't have knives. They have pepper spray. And it's a big deal. Wait a minute. She had a knife. Where'd she get the knife? Oh, the kitchen, the galley. It, right. That wasn't a knife knife. That was a cooking utensil. And was it a knife? I thought she stabbed him with like a, not a pen, but some other pointy, not knife object. Oh, I don't remember now. I mean, it, it might have been a knife. I might be misremembering. But it definitely wasn't a carrying around weapon type thing. Right. I mean, they are allowed to cut their steak with a knife. That's not what I meant. They <laughs> don't have to be barbaric about it. But wait a second. So she jumps in the water, in the freezing cold water in Scotland, and she has a knife in her waistband and manages to hang on to that while swimming and dodging the boat trying to drown her, enough so that she can climb into the boat and stab him. That's amazing. Well, he lets her onto the boat, right? Yes, yes, yes. I, I, it was just, it was too far fed. So would you guess that Hannah Reed is an American writing about Scotland or a Scottish person writing about Americans? Oh, that's a good one. I would guess Hannah Reed is an American. I feel like it's statistically more likely that Hannah Reed is American, but I'm going to say, I'm going to devil's advocate it and say that she's okay. Scottish writing about Americans. And I'll tell you why. Because um, because the way she writes Americans as sort of like impulsive, reckless, and violent. 
and I, I'm not saying we aren't impulsive, reckless, and and violent. Wait a minute. Who's more impulsive than the Scots and reckless and violent? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't met any Scottish people IRL yet. I know, but we've read plenty of books and how they always get in trouble because they can't hold their tongue in their anger. Again, that but that's like that's in books. Who knows if that's real in in real life? Wikipedia just isn't just isn't updated because writing as Hannah Reed is an author named Deb Baker of Upper Peninsula, Michigan. That makes sense. Born 1953. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. So, and and listed, listed under her, not attached to her. Yep, yep, here it is. Hannah Reed, aka Deb Baker. Um, yes. So she's American. Yeah. And I, I get, I guess that makes sense because Eden goes to Scotland. Right. And Eden is the, what do they call the the character that's a substitute for the writer? What do they call the character that's the substitute for the writer? Wait, the character? Self-insert. Oh, no, I don't, I don't know what you mean. I never heard that terminology. Yeah, so when a, it's generally considered bad... But when there's a character in a book or a piece of fan fiction that sort of resembles the real-life author's situation or desires, that's called a self-insert. Oh, really? Well, that makes sense. Write about what you know. (laughs) Write about what you want to experience. Right. It, it's generally like, it's very popular in fan fiction where like somebody will be really obsessed with a piece of media and then write a fiction and then place themselves in that, in that fiction, right? Right. So... Oh, I'm I'm still in the car. It was just getting really hot. So I opened the door for a minute. Oh, okay. So that you did so that I didn't suddenly stroke out and you had to call the ambulance for me. Okay. So let's wrap this up before you stroke out. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. In all fairness to Hannah Reed, good for her for writing anything. You know, uh, far be it for me to critique somebody who's done it. And two, I just finished reading a very intriguing, to me, book, very mystery-oriented, no romance at all, but I I happen to like his book, Stan Brown, very, very heavily mystery-laden, murder, you know, intrigue and mystique and all of that, so... You know, that I'm just coming off of that. And that was like a thousand page. So, you know, in all fairness to Hannah Reed, she did it. So good for her. And obviously she got paid for it. Well, several times over, it looks like she has 
almost two dozen published books. Good for her. You know, apparently people pay to read this, you know. And there are a lot of people who are into cozy mysteries. I have to admit, I'm not into Dan Brown either. No, um, I know you're not. I know you're not, but I, I like that kind of stuff. And loads of people do. He has sold lots of books. I think I'd rather read the Hannah Reed only because, you know, I'm currently obsessed with knitting and Scotland. And I don't, I don't object to a shortbread cookie, you know. I'm not eating that cheap, I'm not eating that cheap cupcake. It sounds, it sounds sickeningly sweet. And it did. It did. I felt like I would have had a diabetic coma, even though I'm not diabetic. Had I yeah, but but some people like that sort of nonsense. Yes, I did appreciate, what was it, the stew? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that I would have eaten for sure. And I would have liked to try the ale. But basically everything she ate at the Kilton Thistle, I would have yeah. liked to try. Yes, and I would have liked to go to the Kilton Thistle with the uh, fireplace and all that. I definitely could have seen myself hanging out with my laptop at the Kilton Thistle. Yes, I definitely could have pictured that. And I think I know Bill. Was his name Bill? <laughs> On the end of the counter there. The drunk. Oh, the drunk guy. Yeah, <laughs> I think I met him. His his name might have been Bill. I I don't recall. No, it sounded appropriate. I don't know if that was or not. He had a name. He did, but I don't I don't recall. Honestly, I kept confusing Harry and Owen as well. Wait, Owen? Owen wasn't he the murderer? No, Oliver. Same difference. <laughs> no, not if you're, not if mystery's involved. <laughs> well, this is why when you read Agatha Christie, there's like a cast list at the front of the book. I know, I can't keep it straight. It's too many people. I feel like I would have done better if there, this, if I didn't listen to the audiobook and if I had read it with my eyes. Well, the, I have to admit, I did try to read Murder on the Orient Express, and it was very difficult, but I really loved the movie. I, the only one of Agatha Christie's books that I found even vaguely readable was And Then There Were None. I think I read that. It's a classic. Yeah. It's a classic. Cool, actually. I, that's what I meant by it's a classic. They make you read it in school. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's mandatory reading. It's a classic. <laughs> classic is how we say nicely and politely mandatory reading. Right. <laughs> and that's your happy ending. Until next time, this has been Romance Read Along.